Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. Today I wanted to talk about the main problems with inauthentic autism and ADHD representation in the TV and film industry. Now this is something that autistic advocates, particularly those like myself that are also autistic actors and writers, have been trying to stress for a long time. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. The main kinds of problems that we see, first of all, is not hiring autistic and or ADHD writers and actors to, in, in these shows that are actually centered around autistic or ADHD characters. It just baffles me how shows like Atypical and The Good Doctor that are supposed to be all about autism inclusivity don't even cast an autistic actor to play the role of the autistic person. So that is just highly problematic on so many levels. The first one, the first thing I think that the most problematic about it is that you are implying, by doing this, you are implying that autistic actors can't, that autistic people can't be actors and that autistic actors can't play these roles, so that's an extremely damaging ableist assumption and stereotype. Um, and then you are unavoidably, you're going to have um, a very stigmatized, stereotypical, non-accurate representation of autism, a representation of autism from a very neurotypical perspective, a very neurotypical lens, because... See, a lot of these times, it's not even that they aren't casting an autistic person or hiring an autistic writer for these these kind of shows, but they're also, um, they're not, a lot of times they're not even consulting with actually autistic people. They'll consult with organizations like Autism Speaks, which is actually a neurotypical-led organization that focuses on um, curing or treating autism, basically trying to eliminate autistic people from the planet. Um, they are considered an autism hate group by the autistic community, even, even though they portray themselves as, you know, wanting to help the autistic community and they prey on neurotypical people that don't know um, about autism, um, because they portray autism as this tragic sob story, um, which it really isn't if you just make society more accommodating to autistic people, but that's a conversation for another day, but, um, which I've actually had, but anyways, um, the point is, you know, the, the, these shows, these, um, these production teams, they listen to organizations that are speaking, that are ran by non-autistic people, speaking about autistic people on their behalf without their consent. Um, and, and so they'd rather listen to these organizations. And so that's obviously it's going to be a completely stereotyped, stereotypical, stig um, stigmatized, um, ableist, internally ableist, systemically ableist view on autism. 
Um, and let, I wanted to mention another thing. Um, first, let's just talk a little bit about why, um, why it is, you might be wondering why it is that autistic actors and writers don't get hired for these shows. It's not because they're, they, they aren't, there aren't great autistic actors and writers out there because there certainly are. It is honestly because of pure blatant discrimination. And I can speak a little bit about that from my perspective. Um, because when I go for auditions, um, there is this certain standard that not, not, not in just in the audition for the role, but in what we call the slate video, which is the uh, the video before the audition where you're basically telling them your name, uh, your height, your location, any other information they might request. Um, apparently, you're supposed to have a very cheery personality. And, and I had no idea. And, you know, a lot of autistic people, when they're doing something and they're trying to follow instructions that were given you know we take things very literally so we are going to um you know basically do these this these instructions as as they were instructed so we're gonna um what i did in this slate video one time was you know to just slate my name and location and such but i without being aware that they were expecting some sort of um cheery neurotypical personality and that's what they like they like to see this cheery neurotypical style of of talking and communicating and, and uh, behaving or um, neurotypical mannerisms if you will um and so i actually had a bit of a snafu with my agent because i um submitted this video and she said literally because I wasn't like a cheery neurotypical presentation in my slate mind you this is the slate not the audition part itself um that I look like I that I would not be any fun to have on set and I look like I have no fun in life so yeah that that is telling you what the industry thinks of autistic people that um don't mask their autistic traits um uh yeah so that is some blatant discrimination um oh just isn't that wonderful um there's some uh there's some evidence for you of and of course my agent and i we talked and i called her out on it and you know she apologized and eventually like understood what i was pointing out and how problematic it was but um, I'm trying to let everyone know here how problematic this kind of thinking is that you're judging someone based on a, a 30 second video and like what kind of mannerisms they're doing and like autistic people are nervous in these situations more so than neurotypicals and they're also like we're not always gonna present in the way like you're expecting us to present we present differently sometimes we're not like you know happy and cheery and, and stuff and you know sometimes we're, we're whatever we are we're whatever we're feeling that day we're whatever um emotions and and whatnot are flowing through our head um 
So that just makes me, it makes me really upset. And it, and it's not just for myself because I, even though masking is something that I don't enjoy doing by any means, I have the privilege of being able to mask. Because, and, and, and then, even though I hate masking because I don't want to act neurotypical, I want to be myself, I know that having the privilege of being able to mask shields me from the more blatant ableism that folks that aren't able to mask have to deal with. Um, you know, folks with high support needs, folks that are non-speaking, they can be great actors. I'm sure a lot of them have big dreams of being actors as well. And I am, I am dead sure that they can be great actors if the industry were properly accommodating. And what, what makes me very upset, very upset as an artistic advocate that is also an actor is to see how normalized, how disgustingly normalized ableism is in the acting industry. Um, and, you know, like, this this literally is what is what is harming. This is why you don't see high support needs and non-speaking actors playing playing roles on TV shows. It's It's not because they can't do it, because they very well damn can, but they're not properly accommodated and that is just inferior and they're treated like this they're they're told horrible like i am told this as a person that actually masks that i look like i have no fun in life or that i would have be no fun to have on set you don't know me you don't know you've never gone out to lunch with me you never like like if you're someone that i actually have a friendship with and a relationship with and you say something like that obviously like i'm gonna um you know, give it more thought and everything, and like, oh, why is this person that's my friend, like, feeling this way, but you can't, you know, you're, you're making a judgment on someone based on, like, a 30-second video, and you haven't even met this person, why not even, at least, like, have the decency to sit down with them and have, like, a two-minute conversation, maybe, I don't know, let, can we be a little kinder and a little more compassionate to, like, how different people present? Oh, I think I've I've expressed enough of my frustration in this episode already about this. So, um, without further ado, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're able to get something out of it. And I'll see you next time.